I think that we, we learned some very valuable lessons as a result of the pandemic. Um, I think that we have learned in the way that we respond to the pandemic. We've learned from the way that uh, we rolled out vaccine efforts. Uh, a couple of very, very valuable lessons. One is that um, just because you have a good idea or a good resource, it doesn't mean that people are going to perceive it that way. If you don't have those relationships with the community, and even more so, if you have historically had bad relationships with the community, it is very difficult for the community to trust and believe uh, that you have their best interest at heart. And so part of what we have to do is we have to do a better job of partnering with the community. At the end of the day, historically marginalized communities, um, they don't want a savior, they don't want a rescuer, and they don't want a handout, they want a partner. They want someone to come in and say, first of all, we acknowledge that historically we have not paid attention to your challenges. We have not addressed them very well. And at times, we have handled them horribly. But all of that aside, let's unite today and figure out how do we do what's best for, not only for your community, but for the community as a whole. And so I think part of what we have to do is we have to build relationships with those communities. We've got to go into those communities and find trusted black and brown voices that we can partner with that we can uh, bring to the table and allow them to help us understand how do we access the community. I talk a lot about um, the, the faith-based um, community. Well, even with that, we've got to understand that the faith-based community in the, in, the, in the black community and the brown community has changed. When I grew up, everybody went to a community church. And so I, I still think that the faith-based community is in large part the gateway to the community, but for younger people, they don't go to the church on the corner anymore. They go to the mega churches. And so I think we've got to figure out um, how do we reach communities differently and build those collaborative partnerships. The people who can inform us about how to do that have been here all the while. We just have not talked to them. Um, and part of the reason we don't talk to them is because part of building those relationships means you may have to spend some time letting people wag their finger in your face and tell you how you failed them. And that may be a necessary component to building trust. You may have to acknowledge past failures, and that's a necessary uh, component of building trust. But I think the other thing is that we have to think about those relationships very differently. First of all, I think we have to partner differently. Uh, we can't just rely on traditional partnerships because a lot of the, even in the behavioral health community, a lot of providers that we have historically used have not looked like the communities that they serve. It doesn't mean that the providers that represent those communities aren't out there. They just haven't had access oftentimes to government contracts and resources. So we have to create avenues um, to bring those people into the fold. We have, we have for example, the faith-based community coming to us all the time saying, we want to partner with you. So it's not, like, it's not like they're not asking to be at the table. There are a couple of things we have to do differently and we have to think differently. We have done a pretty decent job of integrating behavioral health into primary care, primary care into behavioral health. It's time for us to figure out how do we integrate behavioral health into the faith-based community. So if black and brown people either don't have access to resources or won't go to resources where those services are available, what if we took the resources into the church? What if we created a venue with all the telepsychiatry um, and all the telehealth capabilities we have today? What if we partnered with faith-based communities and said, okay, providers, uh, we can set up your telehealth that you can come here and you can interact with your, um, with your provider in, a, in an environment that's, that's known to you. One of the other things I think that we can do differently is 
We pay a lot of money for consultants because we value their expertise. But when we bring black and brown people to the table and say, help us understand how to partner with your communities, we don't treat them like consultants. We don't pay them like consultants. If we value their expertise, then let's treat them like we value their expertise. And then the third thing I'll say is that, you know, um, when we talk about historically marginalized communities, there are people that are historically marginalized for a number of different reasons. There's race, culture, and ethnicity. There's people that have mental health challenges. There's the intersectionality of all those things. So one of the things that I think we can do differently is we have, for example, here in North Carolina, we have certified peer support specialists, people with lived mental health experience who are certified in helping others that are going through mental health challenges. In North Carolina, we have roughly 4,000 certified peers. We have about 1,600 that are gainfully employed. Um, one of the things that we can do is we can figure out how do we, how do we make better use of those resources. That's one of the fastest ways to close the gap of providers of color uh, in the communities that we serve. Across the country, African Americans make up roughly 13% of the population. 4% of psychologists are black. 2% of psychiatrists are black. So it, 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 it will take time for us to build that workforce. But one of the things that we can do and that will help us to reach in those black and brown communities is we have a ready-made workforce of peers, people with lived experience, that if we pay them a living wage, we can bring those people into our treatment teams and begin to close this equity gap while we partner with historically black colleges and universities and while we partner with residency programs to close those gaps in providers of color um, as psychiatrists, psychologists, and social workers.